I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one this is in the chemistry lab. You're I on just, the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Polly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Pauly Sebelia, I'm Stephen Fontes. We welcome you into a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Didn't think I'd make it for the start of the show, Pauly. Yeah, but yeah. here I am. A little traffic update for us. Yeah, a uh, couple of cars uh, in an, um, I don't know if it was two separate accidents or one accident, but a couple of disabled vehicles out on 690 right now. So if you're heading toward downtown on 690 West, expect a backup. I was sitting there not moving for like 10 minutes. But I, I walked in as the show was starting, so it all worked out. Traffic on the ones brought to you by Wildcat, <laughs> Pizza Pub, and Camillus. Uh, so this is what we got today. We got Jack Joe Keenan, host of George's Box Podcast, coming up at uh, twelve thirty. Yankees are pretty good. Yes, they are. Uh, earned a uh, a series split with the Astros. That was a heck of a series. I don't know how much of it you watched, but that was a that was a great series. Aaron Judge with a couple of walk off hits uh, in that and series. a no hitter to throw in. You're gonna lose. got no hit again yesterday. They get no hit on Saturday. Sixteen innings. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, but somehow the Yankees won that game yesterday. If you're gonna lose, you might as well get no hit, right? Yeah. I guess <laughs> make it worthwhile. I guess. Uh, Andrew Chelney will join us at one o'clock uh, to talk some uh, NHL. Uh, we'll do so with Andrew at one, and then uh, one of my. Uh, well, I was gonna say former student. She's not a former student yet. She's. Uh, Currently a student for like another three days, uh, but Lauren Helmbrecht will join us uh, at one thirty as she uh, she was on Brent Axe's show last week, um, along with Jackson Roberts and Josh Golden, uh, Josh and Jackson, two of my students as well. Um, and I said, you know what? They've been on the show before. Lauren, why don't you come on before you 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 leave? She's heading out to Green Bay Packers training camp for the summer. Uh, next week. So we'll have Lauren on uh, coming up at one thirty. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls at any time at 315-437-7644. How was the weekend? It was good. I didn't do anything. I sat and watched a lot of baseball. Watching, I actually listened to the Yankees get no hit while I was watching other games on TV. Listen to John and Susan call that on our uh, sister station, TK99, here in Syracuse. I just basically watched baseball a lot. Good. All weekend. You need a weekend and like, I, like that. And I also uh, read a lot of the Twitter, Steve. You know, we were, they wanted, he Jordan wanted us to talk hockey. Just the, the Twitter is a toxic place, and the people that are griping that the Bayheims are both in Detroit, it really got to me. Why does anybody care about that? All right, well, let me ask you this. Do you not think Buddy would have gotten a two-way deal somewhere? Correct. I Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. Second of all. Cole got a two-way deal. Right. Troy Weaver was basically 
fiddling, like playing with the NBA on draft night. Had a great draft. Dude went out there and just got everybody he wanted. And now we're going to complain that you you think that the guy's just putting Jimmy Beheim on a summer league team for the fun of it? Like, who cares if he is? The summer league is basically a networking place for free agents and coaches. And it gives players like Jimmy a chance to, to showcase themselves a little bit. $1,500. That's what he makes. So that, I, that, that, that breaks down to about 100 what, 150 bucks a day? You know, oh, what a favor. Thanks. You know, like he, Troy Weaver wasn't putting his teams like a spot. He's, he gave a kid a chance to spotlight himself. Who cares? Move on with your own lives. I used the example last week of Greg Paulus and the Saints after he left here. That's what that's what Jimmy Beheim feels like here, right? Is that Doug Marone call up Sean Payton? Hey, you know Greg deserves an opportunity somewhere, and you know they gave him a tryout. It it didn't work out. Now Greg Paulus is a, a successful college basketball coach on the rise. That's kind of what this feels like with Jimmy Beheim. There was like you know, obviously there's ties to the family, you know, buddies there. Why not put Jimmy on the summer league roster? Again, it's not like he's taking a spot from somebody else that's that's yeah. going to make the team. He was he was a he played at two division 1 schools. Yeah. He, he can he can go showcase himself for a week. And if he got it because he knew somebody good for him, take advantage of it. Right. Yeah, I I've, I've got no problem with it. And if it you know, I, I guess I wasn't on Twitter as much as you. Are people suggesting that the only reason Buddy is in Detroit with a two-way deal is because of the It was more of a, the Bayheims are just cashing in on the fact that Troy and Rob are there, so that's not why Buddy's there. I mean, no. it, it you know did it did it help? It certainly didn't hurt that Troy and Rob know the family and have known Buddy since he was a kid. They know what kind of player they're going to get. But with these two way deals, we talked about this last week. You you only have a couple of them. You're giving them to guys that you think can end up on the NBA roster, right? And Buddy was getting one, yeah, right. whether it was Detroit or not, or somebody else, yes. Yeah, I mean that means that they were, you know, they were they're they're borderline guys. They're borderline NBA guys. You hope he can develop into that. And but. does it help that the guy who is the GM of the Pistons got a job with Syracuse that propelled him into the you know, like both the guys that are there were propelled into the positions that they got because they started here under Jim Beheim. Yeah, you know, it do, it doesn't it, doesn't hurt. Yeah. Let's put it and, that way. And that's the way the world works. Yeah. But again, if if this situation didn't exist, or if they decided to give their two ways to other players, to your point, and you're right, Buddy's getting a two way with somebody, right? And, and it's fifteen hundred dollars for like they, they. This isn't some huge gift they're they're giving Jimmy. They're giving a. It's basically they gave him a ride to a job fair. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what the summer league is. Yeah, that's fair. And you know, there's 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 here. European scouts there. That, I mean, yeah, here, get room service at our job fair in a hotel. Here you go, fifteen hundred bucks, <laughs> career life changing money right there. So people are upset. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know how to judge it. It's just weird that they're even tweeting about like, oh, of course the Bayheims are cashing in on their name, <laughs> like, yeah. That everybody does it. Like, is that not the world today? 
my last name was Beheim, I sure as hell wouldn't be sitting here with you. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, I, and you know, it, they they played they got to play together one year in college, and they're going to get to play another week together in it, Vegas. Yeah, and Jimmy's probably going to end up overseas. It, 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 It'll all work out the way it's supposed to. There's not some kid now homeless because Jimmy got this spot right. out of summer league team. Right. Right. And and I'm sure that you see that with other organizations. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna fill out their roster with guys they know or go to coaches they know. Hey, you know, we've got a spot or two, you know, who are we filling it with? That type of thing. Um But yeah, I mean, Cole and Buddy were getting two ways either way. And obviously the Lakers really like Cole. They worked him out twice, including just a couple days before the draft. They liked him a lot. And as soon as the draft ended, they called him immediately. Same thing with with Buddy. Detroit wanted him. And the other thing that's going under this is Troy Weaver. Good for him, man. Got both Jaden Ivey and Jalen Dern. You know, the guy's not an idiot. Right? Yeah, right. He's in that position for a reason. Basically owned the NBA on Thursday night. Yeah. And again, you look at draft grades and whatnot, and everybody's got the Pistons and the winners from from draft night. And that's a credit to Troy Weaver and his staff. They did a great job. And, you know, some of it is it helped that Sacramento was picking before him. And <laughs> Sacramento, well, you know, Jaden Ivey said he didn't want to play in Sacramento. You know, he made it very clear. I don't want to go there. I don't want to play there. Um, so they didn't take him. And he, he fell into, into Detroit's lap. I will tell you this, that, that the uh, Detroit fans are very happy with them. Yeah. They're young. I mean, they, they are. You know, I think a lot of people look at that organization and who they've got on their roster right now, and they, um, they've they got some talent, just about maybe getting some experience, um, you know, continuing to trust the process, as they say. But they're, they, they've got a lot of talent. They added to it on Thursday night. So anything catch your eye over the weekend? Was there a hockey game? Well, there were two hockey games. There was one Friday night and then one last night. You didn't watch, did you? Just be honest. No, you didn't. Stanley Cup final. You host a sports talk show. You didn't watch. No, I didn't. Okay. I'm American. What does that mean? I don't care about hockey. Who should care about hockey? Canadians? Canadians, and- Finnish people. <laughs> Anybody in the Nordic countries? Yeah, I don't care. Even though it was Tampa Bay against Colorado. Yeah, America's team, Tampa Bay, our own home. That's right. Our own home team. Yeah. Jordan goes, so do we talk about the Avalanche winning? I go, no, Jordan, this is Syracuse. We talk about Tampa Bay losing. This hurts us. Right. It does hurt. I tell you what, the Crunch guys... For the most part, had a great series. They just they, they ran out of gas. You Are they favorite to go into next year too? I, I haven't looked at the odds going into next year. I'm sure they're among the favorites. Man, it's impressive. <laughs> You're trolling me? No, I'm not, Steve. It's the biggest story out there in sports right now. I tell you what, the the better team won. I know you didn't watch a whole lot. I watched that overtime game. Yeah. The anticlimactic. Uh, I didn't know if got no, stuck in nobody that. knew if the game was over and there was too many people on the ice. It, yeah, it's it's very impressive it. what Tampa Bay has done, and I you know I don't know when we're going to see the same franchise make it to three straight Stanley Cups again. That is very difficult to do. 
Um, they won two of them, obviously. They lost this one. But there's no shame. I mean, they, they lost to a better team. I think everybody agreed going into the playoffs, Colorado was the better team. They Everybody agreed going into this series, Colorado was the better team. And then when Tampa Bay won game five, all of a sudden it was like, well, you know, if they can win game six at home, they force a game seven, anything can happen in a game seven. But uh, Colorado was the better team. And I think Tampa Bay, to some degree, ran out of gas last night um, and in this series. And they ran into... a a really talented team that that I think deserved. I think the Avs deserved to win this. So, um, I think the right team won in the NHL. I think the right team won in the NBA. I think the Warriors the Warriors were the best team. They deserved to win. I will give props to one of your coworkers. He's a wizard, Mario. Mario last night text who was going to score. He he guessed who was going to score the first Stamkos. goal. Yeah, he did. He did that with me too. Yeah, he texted me. He was bragging. He was he was. Texting everybody separately, like a braggart. Like, look what I'm doing. <laughs> and he was right. He was right. You could brag if you're right. He was asking what our promo codes were so he could bet on a hockey goal. He he had a feeling about Stamkos, and he was right. So good for Mario. He made a little bit of money last night. All right, you ready to do a buy or sell next, Steve? And it's also Whitney Houston Day. I'm I'm ready. I'm re- I got here in a nick of time. Yeah, apparently bad traffic, 690. Yeah, 690 West, towards downtown. Traffic on the ones. That's right. ESPN Radio Syracuse. All right, we'll take a timeout again. Jack Joe Keenan, 1230. Andrew Chelney at 1 o'clock. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> We're running out of up tempo Whitney Houston songs. It's too slow, Paulie. It's too slow. Come on, Whitney Houston Day. How can I not play "I Will Always Love You," Steve? I don't know. Because this is how I feel about our show and you. Yeah, I will always love you. She had so many hits. She really did. Great, great artist. Artist of the day, Whitney Houston. Because I want to dance with somebody was uh, number one this day, nineteen eighty-seven. All right, uh, let's go to our guest line. And uh, if you happen to be watching us on QSportsTalk.com, you see our next guest, just like you saw Jack Jokina. We've got Andrew Chelney now, host of the Chell Squared NHL podcast, also a producer for Sirius XM. Uh, Andrew, great to have you on as always. How are you today? I appreciate you guys having me back on. And a little birdie in my ear before uh, before we got back told me that you didn't start with hockey today. And I don't know if you know this, uh, but the Stanley Cup was awarded last night. So I have a, have a problem with that. Yeah, so I, I wanted to start with hockey, but my co-host here did not watch a second of Game 6. Or did you watch? No, you didn't watch Game 5 either, did you? You didn't. Andrew, it's, it, it's tough to listen, talk about something. Listen, that, we watch. live in central New York, and I get the Tampa Bay Lightning are – the, uh, it's the Crutch's parent club. Yeah, but people were upset that that the Bayheims were getting handed out favors by the Detroit Pistons, and that's what I led with. I tell you what, Andrew, if you uh, if you want to do the second hour with me, maybe we don't need Paulie. Maybe you and I could just do the second hour, and Paulie can go home. <laughs> I'm here. Maybe let's we, do it. Maybe, maybe we could do that. So let's uh, let's let's make up for lost. Yeah, Paulie's taking off his headphones. He's going to leave. Uh, let's make up for lost time. Let's talk about the Stanley Cup final. And and it, you know, I said this on Bridge Street this morning that I felt like 
you know, the the better team won. I mean, as much as, you know, those of us around here who follow the crunch, you know, wanted to see the Lightning win, the better team won. I mean, you know, and, and I think the Avalanche, and, and you could speak to this, Andrew, the Avalanche was the favorite really from day one, all season long, and, and they're the ones hoisting the Stanley Cup. What was it about this team that made them so good and, and made them so unstoppable this year? They're just a complete wagon. I, this is a team that was a wagon when the season started, and they only added pieces that made them even more dangerous at the, at the trade deadline. They got Lekkinen. They got Josh Manson on the blue line. And they really, whatever weaknesses they had, they kind of solidified and fortified and made sure that no one was getting inside their own blue line no matter what. Darcy Kemper, as their starting goaltender, didn't really have to do a whole lot over the course of these playoffs as the Avalanche just steamrolled anybody they saw even in game six the lightning were down two to one in the third period of the cup clinching game and they had four shots on goal the one goal that the lightning scored was a goal that darcy Kemper should have had there was a few of those throughout the course of that series but the avalanche were so good in front of him it was it was a complete master class it was one of those series where coaches will analyze every shift from that series for years to come because of how good and how solid the Avalanche team played in front of their goaltender. You know, we saw six games in this series. Four of them were one-goal games. And if you had told me that before the series started, I I probably would have said advantage Lightning because they've got the better goalie, right? And yet, Darcy Kemper, he had had that one real bad game, the 6-2 loss. But other than that... He was he wasn't as good as Andre Vasilevsky, but he he did enough for them to to win the cup. Yeah, Vasilevsky's obviously a better goaltender than Darcy Kemper, but the Avalanche team overall played much better than the Lightning did, and that's kind of the story of the series where Vasilevsky did everything he possibly could have to stop the Avalanche from scoring goals, but ultimately the Lightning just couldn't get shots on Darcy Kemper. If if the same amount of shots that Vasi saw were applied to Darcy Kemper, the Lightning would have won this series pretty easily because Vasilevsky is so much better than Darcy Kemper. But Kemper did exactly what he needed to do, and the Avalanche won the series based on their relentless ability to not let the Lightning get quality chances in front of Darcy Kemper. So John Cooper was very upset after Game 4 with the game-winning goal. He he thought it should have been disallowed for too many men on the ice. There were a couple other things throughout the series that I know Lightning fans were upset with uh, from an officiating standpoint. What did you make of of the officiating in the Stanley Cup final to, you know, a legitimate gripe for the Lightning fans or, you know, did, did you feel that it was a, a fair and balanced uh, Stanley Cup final from that perspective? I mean, that goal, I think the Avs had six players on the ice. I think the Lightning had seven. So if you wanted to call too many men, I guess you have to call it teams that if you're going to do that, because officiating in every series and every game, there's going to be calls that are missed that could go either way. There's going to be 50-50 calls. There was a couple of calls in game six where I thought should have been called for both teams and none of them were called. Uh, I think the idea of swallowing your whistle in the final, I, I'm not a huge fan of that idea. I think a penalty is a penalty no matter what. I think that gives way too much leeway to players just kind of trip and hack and do whatever they want to players instead of not being able to do that, even if it's the cup final. I think the, the any, any game, any series should be called the same way no matter what time of year it is. But at the end of the day, both teams got called, got shafted on some calls, and that's just... That's hockey, and you know both. I think both sides got 
good calls and some just some got missed. Unfortunate. You know, Steven Stamkos after the game last night was adamant that uh, you know that this season is over, but the the run for this Lightning team is not over. Um, do you think they can keep this momentum going? Do you think they can stay a, a Stanley Cup contender again going into next season for a fourth year in a row? I think it's a possibility. I think Vasilevsky is still one of the best goalies in the world, and he can lead the he can lead a team to wherever the team wants to go. You still have Stamkos, you still have Kucherov. Braden Point didn't play in the he played I think games three and four, but he was incredibly injured. He couldn't really do much of anything. And it, you add Braden Point back to the lineup, and you still have a, a core that is a, a definite cup contender, or at least in the in the mix to contend. In the very beginning, I had the Lightning out in the first series to Toronto because I figured, okay, this is finally going to be the series where Toronto gets out of the first round. They they finally get something done. They're like, the, the Maple Leafs were up 3-2 in that series, and then they blew it again in, in Game 7. So with the Lightning, you never know. You can never count them out until they're out of it. I think this core is still intact. They're not getting any younger, especially guys like Ryan McDonough on the back end who has seen a lot of action, whether it be with the Rangers when, when they had their cup runs, now with the Lightning with three straight runs to the final. Ryan McDonough has seen a lot of ice time, and he's not getting any younger, but I think you cannot count out the Lightning until they are out. Whether or not they make a, a run next year, it's almost beside the point. I mean, Andrew, when you look at this 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 stretch of what they've done in three years, two Stanley Cups, they get to the Stanley Cup final this year, and, and they just lose to a better team. How difficult is it? Can you put it in perspective for us? I mean, this I, I feel like it might be a while before we see another team, another franchise go to you know three straight Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, I, I, it's it's so hard to put into words just how difficult this is because in the in a hard cap era where you cannot go a dollar above the salary cap that is allotted to every team at the beginning of the season, it is nearly impossible to have continued success because there are always players that have expiring contracts that want raises that you know you that you have to make room for you have to you have to shift players around you have to make difficult decisions and yet the Lightning have made the Cup final three seasons in a row. The nobody has won the the Stanley Cup three times in a row since the Islanders did it four four times in a row in the early eighties and they and they didn't have a hard cap there was no hard cap back then so to to do this three times in a row in an era especially now post I I guess post pandemic but we're still in a pandemic where the the cap didn't go up by much of anything so in a in a flat cap era to do this I don't think we're either ever going to see this or we're probably not going to see this for a very long time. This is very impressive. All right, Andrew, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little NBA NBA before we get you out of here. Uh, what, what stood out to you from the draft last week? I think one of the definite head, head scratchers were the, the Knicks trades. I think a lot of people, a lot of Knicks fans were kind of questioning the decision to trade number 11 for three first round picks. I, for one, I think, I think this is a smart move by the Knicks. Uh, a lot of Knicks fans might not agree, but they, they moved Kemba Walker's contract, a contract that never should have been signed to begin with. I don't, I guess the, the feel good story of Kemba Walker coming back to New York was more powerful than Kemba Walker, not being a, great basketball player anymore so they signed him to that contract and now 
you know, as soon as they signed it, they basically regretted it. And we've seen that because they traded him for cap space. So in essence, they traded number 11. And again, like if they, if they really liked somebody at number 11, and, and felt that that person could have been a huge part of their future, they would have kept number 11. They would have not traded the pick away. They would have built around this player and then moved forward. But they didn't do that. They, they moved that pick away. And they got three first-round picks. Now this is... Now this now these are trade chips because these these picks are highly protected and they're 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 not these highly sought after picks individually but together and the Knicks now have their own picks that they can move if if they so choose. So now the Knicks have a lot of pieces that they could potentially leverage into making a big time trade if they so chose. Of course they probably are going to go after Jalen Brunson in the offseason and that that definitely was one of the trades that I did not see coming but there's a Maybe Paolo Bancaro going number one, but a lot of people had Paolo going number one as opposed to a Chet Holmgren uh, or a Jabari Smith. So that kind of was one of the biggest surprises to me. As I'm sure you're well aware, right after the draft, Jimmy Beheim and Cole Swider, Jimmy Beheim, Buddy Beheim and Cole Swider both signed two-way deals. Then Jimmy Beheim caught on with the, the Pistons for a, a summer league roster spot. But in, in particular with Buddy and Cole, um, do you see either or both of these guys one day uh, making their way and, and sticking on an NBA roster. I mean, potentially, because especially Buddy's a really good shooter, and and the NBA really needs good shooters. They always crave good shooters. You see people making entire careers out of just being good shooters. You see guys, you know, JJ Redick is was throughout his career just a, a dominant shooter from the perimeter. Uh, Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott, also one of those guys. Like you, you. There are players that carve out careers based on being lethal shooters. And if and if Buddy Beheim or Cole Swider or one of those guys can do that, then sure, they can totally be something like that. I mean, O'Shea Brissett was a, was a name that nobody really expected to to thrive in the NBA, and yet here he is dominating in the in Indiana. He got a long term extension recently. He's he deserves every penny of that deal because he's evolved into this player that can not only live in the NBA, but also thrive in it as well. So if Buddy and, and Swider can make something out of this and can show the NBA like, hey, not only am I capable of handling my own, I can also make make shots for you anytime you want, then they can do it, sure. All right, Andrew. Uh, great stuff as always. We appreciate you coming on. Good insight. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right. Andrew Chelney joining us from the Chell Squared NHL podcast, also a producer for Sirius XM. I'm with him. We should have led with Stanley Cup final, but I could only do so much. I was going to chime in that I saw the defense of the Avalanche in that overtime. They, uh, I believe the Lightning only got three shots off in that overtime while I was watching. Yeah, I mean, they dominated the overtime. Yeah. They deserved to win that game. Crazy. They deserved to win the series. Never seen anything like it. Yeah. They deserved it. They deserved to win. It would have been nice to have a Game 7, but uh, but they got it done last night. I think it would have been nice to have a Game 7. I was rooting for a Game 7 last night. Do you know that uh, Game 6 was on our airwaves? I'm aware. Last night. You want to hear the uh, final call? Sure. Off of Sports USA. It will play here. Five seconds remain. Up the boards, the Lightning's Kalorn trying to stretch it to center. Perry brings it into the zone. It's knocked away, but the Avalanche have reached the mountaintop, and the Lightning's rain has run dry. 
Colorado is the 2022 Stanley Cup champions. A lot of metaphors in that final goal. Yeah. <laughs> Their yeah. rain has run dry. It's one of the things I love about sports is seeing like grown men act like kids, like in a celebration. You know, it's cool. Seeing Steph Curry break down crying as the game, you know, as time's running out. Seeing those guys celebrate last night. I mean, it's it's one of the cool things about sports. What's the next big thing? The home run derby in the All Star Game? Is that our next? <laughs> I don't think that's up there with the Stanley Cup. Is that our Cup next final. big thing? Our big coverage? I, I guess. Hey, well, it's also June and July, oh, Steve. Yeah, it's, I would not it's put the next big event. I would not put the Major League Baseball All Star Game next to the Stanley Cup final. I know what you mean. Not what I was saying, Steve. Hot dog eating contest. Next July big event, 4th. yeah. Till Joey Chestnut. Till us. Uh, till Syracuse breaks camp in football. Yeah, I mean the NFL season is going to be here late August, so we've got we got two months of me bef- talking about roller skating yeah, parties before things really pick up again. Uh, all right, we're going to take a timeout. If you'd like to check in, now would be a good time to do so. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. And I don't get why you hate baseball so much. I don't hate baseball, but the All-Star game is not the same as the Stanley Cup final. It's the next big sporting event. You said home run derby. You didn't even say All-Star game. Home run derby? Home run derby, Home run derby? Yeah, it's the next big event we'll cover right here on ESPN Radio. It's all relative. Anything else you'd like to... No, I thought you were going to continue. No, No, you're you're good. Waiting for more of your anti-American rhetoric to come out. No one cares about the home run derby. No one. I love it. Okay. Well, you're a baseball guy. <sighs> All right. British Open. Oh, that's a good one. British. Wimbledon's going on right now. Yeah, nobody cares. About nobody that. cares about Wimbledon. All right. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Wrapping up Orange Nation, our final segment with uh, I'm Every Woman from Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston was our artist of the day. Tomorrow, we voted in-house and on Key Sports Talk, Boogie Down Productions will be our artist of the day tomorrow. Little BDP, KRS-One. That's more in my wheelhouse. I mean, I love Whitney, but going back to the old school rap. I'll look forward to that. Uh, We've got Jordan in here. Do, Do you know Boogie Down Productions, Jordan? I mean, to an extent, we, yeah. we've been talking about all these guys for years now, it feels like. I've been working with you all long enough. I I know Boogie Down Productions and Big Daddy Kane. Nice. And, yeah, we're teaching. And uh, and uh, Neil, Neil, Neil Rockney. Oh, jeez. New Dang it. We are dropping. Dang it. We're dropping science. We're teaching the youngsters, Steve. We, we, are. we are good for the young Doing audience. our part. We're dropping uh, bugs if you need help over the summer. Bugsbegone.biz people. Hit them up. Get those pesky pests out of your home, out of your workplace. Just like my fate every single day on Orange Nation. Bugsbegone.biz. All right, final thought, Paulie. Uh, Over the weekend, Steve, I spent a lot of time in my house enjoying baseball. I'm mad at you about something. 
I texted you an old Philadelphia 76ers. I didn't know what you were talking about. There's this Philadelphia 76ers song from like 20 years ago where they go, one, two, three, four, five, Sixers, 10, 9, 8, 76ers. You've never heard that? No. I got to show you after the show. You didn't respond to my text. I was pretty unhappy. Yeah, it's because I didn't know what you were talking about. I'm going to grab it for you. When I'm having a relaxing weekend and you just drop something on me, like it didn't make any sense. He texted me a bunch of numbers and then put errs after one of the numbers. And So I, I, I feel like we group text a lot, and, and now now I find out you guys are texting each other just solo. Did you Do you want me to text? I feel left out. Would you have wanted me to text you? I feel like sometimes on the group chat it's nonsense that you guys are texting. So how, how do you yeah, determine? Why, yeah, what determined that, that I got a solo That only Paulie got that. So we were listening to the San Diego Superchargers song. Great song. And then my friend is like, have you heard the Sixers one? I'm like, no. So I heard it, and I'm like, this is old. Who do I know who's old and likes the Sixers? And I went straight to you. This might be and you deaded me. That might be a good artist of the day where I do each team's song, because the Bills one is great, the Chargers one is great, Steelers is <laughs> okay. But they all have good... They, we'll do that this week. I'll do songs. For, Can you do uh, the Super Bowl shuffle? That's not like a team one, but yes, I can do that. I mean, that. it kind of was. Yeah, I can do that. I have that. I play that on uh, Total Eclipse of the 80s. All right. By the way, Moonlight Movies are back, Steve. AmeriCube Moonlight Movie Series at the Amp, sponsored by Loretto and Trust for uh, Cultural Resources of Onondaga County. They start July 11th. They're Monday nights. They're free. Bring your blankets. Bring your own food and beverages. No booze, though. It'll be a great time for all you. Movies include Matilda, The Grinch. You know, it'll be fun for the whole family. I might bring my son, Jordan. Good father-son time between the two of you. There you go. That's what you're missing out on. I've never heard that in my life. (laughs) All right, we're out of time. He's holding his phone up to a microphone. He is. Now he's holding it up to my microphone. All right, we're signing off. For Jordan and Paulie, I'm Steve. Back at it noon tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of the day, everybody.